Avengers Infinity Quest announced. Pinball Expo goes virtual. Multimorphic adds Twitch Connect support. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, and welcome to the Pinball Magazine and Pinball News uh, free monthly pinball industry news podcast. And I'm today here joined by. I am Martin Ayub, and I'm the editor of Pinball News, and we're here to look back at the all the events that took place in August and a little bit of the uh, month of September, and there's a good reason why we're uh, a couple of days later than, than normal, and uh, Jonathan will tell you exactly why that is. Well, um, of course, as um, um, a good journalist, we knew there was a new game going to be announced, and Pinball Expo was coming up with some news about their um, upcoming October event, so we figured we'd wait a couple of days so we can include that news and bring it to you straight off Absolutely. the press. Yep, so rather than, than, than uh, delay these, these uh, sort of fairly major stories until next month, we, we wanted to bring them to you as soon as we possibly could. So let's, uh, let's start off then, shall we? Yes. Straight, dive straight in, right. not, not, so, uh, not beat around the bush anymore. No, and um, uh, well, uh, usually we start with uh, Stern Pinball unless there is another uh, manufacturer with big news. But in this case... Um, I guess it's uh, 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 more than fair that Stern Pinball will be the uh, first um, company uh, uh, where we discuss the news as they just announced uh, Avengers Infinity Quest. Uh, It's a new game designed by uh, Keith Elwin and his design team. Um, It's the second Avengers title that Stern... um, is doing because they already did an Avengers game in 2012 designed by uh, George Gomez and they also did uh, um, well Iron Man is part of the Avengers, Spider-Man is part of the Avengers so um, Stern has a a very good relationship with Marvel I suppose and um, well with uh, Avengers Endgame being uh, one of the most successful movies ever I guess they figured they the the most successful so far I think right um, I guess they figured, like, let's do another Avengers movie. And uh, Keith Elwin uh, was the lucky designer to, um, um, to to put his ideas on this game into a pinball machine. Yeah, so um, obviously it's a, it's a new Avengers, a second Avengers game, but uh, it doesn't carry over anything from the George Gomez design. No, it's a completely new design. Yeah, it's got all new art package from uh, Zombie Yeti, Jeremy Packer. And um, from what we've seen so far, and we've, we've seen a certain amount of gameplay, it looks like it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very packed play field uh, with some, uh, some very striking artwork. What's your right. take on uh, what you've seen so far, Jonathan? Um, well, you've got to give credit to, first of all, Keith Alwyn for the play field design, but also to Stern Pinball... Um, for uh, marketing this game, as they had several videos available, um, over 60 pictures of the various models um, of the game available as well, uh, many close-ups and so on. Um, so that's all very, um, very well uh, organized, I would say. 
Um, we haven't seen any any real gameplay that can tell you anything whether uh, the game is any fun, but the layout sure does look fun. It's, um, it's, yeah. it's several elements that are, I'd say, a fresh take on uh, some some uh, things that we may have seen in in the in the in the past in pinball, but um, developed into a twenty twenty. Uh, type of thing. I mean, uh, the the limited edition does have a um, a spinning disc with a post on it, similar to what we've seen on uh, Safecracker. But on the limited edition, um, it actually raises like the Ringmaster in Circus Voltaire, revealing yep. a um, uh, a subway uh, below the playfield. Which, uh, where you can actually see the ball travel below the playfield because uh, they made they, they put inserts uh, above the subway. Uh, yeah, clear, uh, which clear is something ones. I think we've seen on Cyclone, if I'm not mistaken. Well, we've uh, certainly seen it on Metallica on the uh, on the premium and limited edition there for the coffin lock. Right. But yes, this is actually that subway is is used as a three ball lock. So you can see the balls stacking up as they as they're locked, and uh, yeah, I think so. And it's it's got uh, some decent lighting in there as well, by the looks of it. Yes. So, um, so and there's a couple of other elements that that are. Um, I found it a very fresh uh, pinball design, and I can't wait to play it. Yeah, I think probably the the other key toy would be the uh, the Avengers Tower, right. which is. Um, which is kind of like a, it's a very steep ramp with a magnet at the end, which um, which has some optos on the on the way up to it. And I think we haven't actually seen it in in use yet, but from the description, it sounds like it's it's used like a a virtual berry target, whereby the speed of the ball is measured as it goes up the tower, and awards points or features according to how how fast you you hit it. But the ball goes up to the top, gets grabbed by a magnet. There's a little lock animation or other animation takes place, and then the ball is released back down onto the playfield. Right. So and it has lock lights on the side. So you know, it's a nice, it's a fairly simple mechanism. And there are the only moving part really is is the ball in it. The rest of it is is electrical with the magnet at the top. But it it looks like a, a nice feature. And right. the other the other, I mean, there's elsewhere it's it's kind of um, existing mechanisms. Things like uh, spinners and uh, um, captive ball and uh, up kicker on the on the right hand side for the LE and premium, mm-hmm. which kicks it onto ramps. But also, there are quite a lot of ramps on this game. It's particularly on the uh, the higher versions. Yes, so there's wire forms all over the place, and I think two of them lead to uh, the in lane on the right hand side. So there are there are multiple ways of getting the ball back. And um, yes, yeah, so it's a three flippered game. So the upper left flipper is uh, has quite a few shots for it. Uh, the key one, I guess, is probably the the side ramp, which interestingly appears to be able to be shot from. Is that the one that can be shot from all all three flippers, or is it a different ramp? I can't remember now. No, that's uh, the right ramp is is, is um, a ramp, and Stern claim it's the first in pinball that can be shot from all three flippers. Indeed, um, they actually made the uh, the ramp. A little bit wider, so that that it can be shot from uh, all three flippers. So you can also backhand it with the uh, with the right flipper. Mm-hmm. Um, um, not a very spectacular first, I would say, but um, I, I, I suppose the game makes up 
uh, for that in uh, in other uh, features, I suppose. Um, it has a very very colorful art package, uh, very busy as well, but I'm, I'm not as busy as I've seen on on some other games. So um, I'd say there's a there's a, a good balance. Um, since it's the Avengers, it's also worth noting that this is based on the comic book version of uh, Avengers and not on the movie. Um, yes, good point. Um, which I suppose gave uh, Zombie Yeti, the uh, artist, a little bit of more, um, um, how do you say, uh, yeah. creative freedom, freedom I suppose, I anyway. Say. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but it looks like, um, um, like a very interesting layout. And um, um, we have seen some videos uh, or clips uh, with, uh, but basically those are almost like music video clips with very short uh, shots where you see a ball traveling or a flipper flipping, but you don't get any idea of what gameplay is actually like. So yes, of course, the game is it's, it's a pinball machine. We see a ball traveling, we see multi-balls going. Um, mm. Well, re really the videos were, were uh, put out there to show you the features that are in the game. So you know, they'll show you the spinning disc and the disc rising up um, several times normally. You'll, you'll get several shots of that happening. So yeah. you're very clear what, what the extra features or what the features in this game are compared to, to other games. Yeah. But they're, uh, they're, marketing, they're marketing videos. So, yeah, you're not going to see um, full gameplay. They're just short and snappy. Right. So, and full gameplay is scheduled for September 9th um, for the uh, limited edition. Uh, Jack Danger will have the... Um, uh, the exclusive, and uh, two days later, the pro version will be um, on his show as well. Right, and the 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 pro model um, doesn't have the, the rising disc. That's uh, a premium limited edition feature, but it does have the spinning disc. Yes, and it uh, it miss it has a ramp fewer and a couple of other things that are on the right hand side. Uh, the 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 up kicker there is is now a stand up target on on that so that doesn't uh, do the same kind of things and it and obviously doesn't have the under playfield lock right. that the uh, the premium and le will have yeah but even so it still looks an interesting game yeah oh absolutely the only thing that I'm a little bit um, well word isn't the word because I really don't worry about it but um, <laughs> it appears to me the um, uh, the spinning disc with the um, stand up post on it. Um, that's a rather small disc, uh, which means that the um, the range of the post moving around is, um, I'd say, probably uh, three ball sizes, so to speak. Um, there's a target behind that disc that you have to hit, but chances are, um, most of the time, the target will be blocked by the standard post on the uh, spinning disc. So that's going to make it a little bit harder to uh, to actually hit the target, I suppose. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing you you, you get if you were playing, uh, as you mentioned, safe cracker. You were trying to shoot the ball across the flip across the play field, um, so you can get it into the into the kick, kicker on the left hand side. Quite often, that post is in the way, and it ends up spinning the the disc and, and blocking the ball instead. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's part of the uh, part of the fun of pinball. Yeah, something in the well, way. Well, the ball is wild, and so are the toys on the playfield. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, um, I was a little little disappointed with the look of that post. I thought it could have been a bit more interesting, and especially considering that the first iteration, well, the, the more recent iteration of that would be the um, the Tesseract from the the, uh, the earlier Avengers game. You can say the original one, but it is also the original, uh, which was had two posts and yes. uh, and a model on top as well. As, Spinning model, which uh, made it more of a you know, more of a, a feature of the game, but uh, this doesn't have that. It's a single post and uh, and no toy. But uh, you know, it's uh, they make a good good feature out of the fact that um, they sense the direction and the speed of the of the spin in order to give you the the appropriate awards. So it's uh, you know, it's not just a just a switch, but they, they do a bit more with it than, than just that by, by the looks of it. But we'll right. wait to see on the gameplay exactly how that works. Right. So um, I'm also curious, and we still don't know that. Um, obviously, the Avengers is a group of uh, uh, superheroes. Um, personally, mm-hmm. I have no clue who they are. I um, uh, I know of Hulk, and um, I recognize Captain America, and. I think Iron Man, and that's about it. There's a, uh, a couple of others. I have no idea who they are, um, let alone the villains in the game. Mm. Yeah, well, obviously there are plenty of uh, uh, Marvel Universe fans out there who know all about the Avengers and, and the characters. I'm, I'm like you. I, I, I mean, I've seen, I think I've seen all the movies, so uh, reasonably familiar with the with the storyline, but I don't know quite where this one is coming from. Or indeed, who who some of the characters are like you? But I do know that um, on the playfield there are there are lots there are a lot more characters depicted than there are, than appear to be um, sort of have modes or features for them in in the rule set. But yeah. right, we yet to see. And of course, this this uh, comes out at a time when um, we just had the the death of um, Chadwick Boseman, the uh, the star of Black Panther, and that I think led to a, a, a slight delay. In the announcement of this game, in right. uh, in respect for that, and um, there, there are references to Black Panther and uh, and that movie and uh, and that that part of the the storyline in the artwork on the playfield as well. Uh, I don't know what what else there is in there beyond that. Whether whether the Black Panther is one of the one of the uh, one of the key characters in the game or not. Mm. Right. So well, um, so far we've only seen photos, but. Um, we haven't even seen a uh, a rule set card uh, with game rules, so we still don't know. No, we haven't seen any display animations or anything like that either. Yeah, so uh, uh, so far it's still a guessing game of what the object of the game will be and and how it will um, uh, how it will play. Um, obviously, that's also a fun part. Um, the risk could be that people uh, come up with. Um, uh, rules that are far more interesting than what the game eventually turns out to be. Although, with Keith uh, Elwin on design, um, he's got a, good, a very good track record uh, for producing uh, hit games at Stern Pinball. Um, this is his third title, but Iron Maiden and Jurassic Park can definitely be considered hit games, I suppose. So, um, yes. obviously, um, the expectations are high. Yeah, and this one's just come out fairly soon after Jurassic Park. You know, it's not, it hasn't been a sort of like an 18-month, I don't think, period between 
um, that game and, and the announcement of this one, which is the sort of normal development time for a for a, a new th- a new cornerstone game, which is what this is for Stern. Right. Uh, I'd admit I wasn't expecting this one to come out until fairly recently because we're uh, we're still expecting. Well, we haven't had a Steve Ritchie game for a while, have we? So we're well, the uh, last one was uh, Black Knight. Yes, yeah, exactly. Quite a while, uh, but then yeah. again, usually there's like two years between uh, a Steve Ritchie game, um, with, which means that other designers at some point get to um, uh, go again, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's like Keith is uh, is is um, being rather prolific with it with his productions at the moment. So uh, that's good for Stern because they uh, they want to keep producing three Cornerstone titles a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, they introduced um, uh, Stranger Things as well into the mix at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's coming from Brian Eddy. So that was a, a new a new designer on the team. Right, so and then the we had Turtles, which is a John Borg game. So yeah, prior to mm-hmm. that, we had Jurassic Park. So Steve Ritchie, you'd expect him to be next in line. Instead, we get Keith Elwin again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and. Um, um, not sure whether uh, it could very well be that Steve Ritchie's next game is ready to go, but that Stern management decided no, we're going with the Elwin game first because, for whatever reason, and possibly COVID related. Um, so, uh, or it could be that Steve is not done uh, with his design. Um, uh, that's all speculation at this point, which we're not going to do. So, um, Nope. We'd rather stick to the facts. I feel like um, it will come out when, when Stern are ready to bring it out. Right. So, um, sticking to the facts, and, um, well, there's uh, uh, a bit of sad news uh, also related to um, uh, Stern Pinball, as uh, Chess Siddiqui, a uh, technical support engineer at Stern Pinball, uh, passed away. Um, mm. You have more details on that? Uh, well, I don't have the details about um, the cause of death, but Chaz is obviously a yeah, a well-known personality for anybody who's had any reason to to ring up Stern uh, for, to get technical support. He was uh, pretty much the voice of the one eight hundred kickers phone number uh, support line. So if you, if you had called, then you'd very, very often speak to Chaz, and he was uh, a real font of knowledge. And um, I've never had to um, to use that service. I have to admit, I don't, I don't uh, have many support call issues with Stern. But uh, from those who have, they've all been uh, unanimous in their praise for his his helpfulness and knowledge, and ability to resolve issues very very quickly. And uh, and his death is going to be uh, we're going to leave a big hole in the support side at Stern Pinball, and he will be uh, be greatly missed. There is a GoFundMe campaign being run, this is still running, um, in order to help his uh, his widow and um, children with their college uh, fees. They were looking for $3,000 uh, for that campaign, and uh, at the moment, and I just had a look before we started this recording, and it was just standing at a little over 5500 so uh, plenty of plenty of love and support there. For, for Chaz and uh, yeah, he will be be very sorely missed, I'm sure, by uh, by many others in the uh, in the pinball community. Yeah, now I've um, personally I never dealt with uh, Chaz, um, but I found it uh, very interesting, so to speak, 
that uh, Gary Stern announced his parting on um, uh, Stern's Facebook. I think he mm. even sent out a um, uh, an email. Uh, it's kind of a press release, wasn't it? Yeah. Almost? Um, as far as I know, that's the first time uh, something like this happened. I'm not sure how many Stern employees um, have passed away in, in, in previous uh, uh, the existing of the company, but mm. never seen uh, yeah. something like this. So, this, uh, Chess must have been a really public figure and uh, um, appreciated by many uh, for his work for the company. Absolutely, he was including key, Gary Stern key element and, and in the management. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so sad news. But on to slightly, slightly more pleasant matters with. Um, Stern having, um, although they're bringing out a new game, they haven't uh, abandoned the previous ones, and they've brought out quite a lot of, of code updates in the in the month of August. In fact, uh, we had we had four different updates, um, wow. two for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Stranger Things update, and Elvira, uh, House of Horrors. That's also uh, got a new version. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll just rattle through some, some brief summaries of what those oh, are. I'll keep it brief, because I have none of those games, and I couldn't care less. Yeah, well, okay, fair enough. Uh, but if you're um, if you're a player of these games or looking to play them, then... Oh, I'm definitely looking to play them, don't get me wrong, but um, it's very hard to find an Elvira on location here in Europe, or um, uh, even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um so, but okay, let's hear what are the uh, the upgrades. Okay, well, I start with Stranger Things. Um, that's now version 0.98, so almost at version one. Yeah, it was a, a fairly minor update. It just brought some new display effects and some videos, so more assets in there. Um, some adjustments for the jackpot values for sending it back multi ball, like the fire multi ball, total isolation two multi ball. I can hear Jonathan's really. Um, drawn in by all these uh, these details and is uh, oh, yeah. keeping himself busy uh, yeah. and has some new sound effects uh, and priorities and level balancing and things like that so yeah useful, if you hear useful some snoring in the background that's me <laughs> if you hear it in the foreground then you have to be worried because that's me um, version 1.11 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out at the beginning of August and version 1.2 came out uh, on the 20th of August. Now, those have uh, got all the usual things, uh, various display messages, lighting effects, and uh, bug fixes. Um, some new rules for final battle challenge, which is the kind of wizard mode allowing you to select a I'll turtle and get, get anyway, different power-ups. Okay. Sure. Well, not with that attitude. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Um, some minor rule changes uh, amongst the rest of the game for the for hell bonuses. Um, if, if that's something you rely on in, in getting your uh, your huge bonus scores, um, previously they were held over um, in an unmultiplied method, and now they're multiplied. Exciting, eh? And um, version one point two though, which which came out, had some. Um, Bonus calculation fixes and, and frenzy carryover bonus fixes. Change some timers so they stop during uh, some video uh, display effects, which is helpful. So you don't run out of time before you even started playing one of the episodes. And I think probably the uh, the two two really interesting things, and that's something which is going to I think going to be carried over into future games, is they introduce this this thing called the GJ mixer, 
Yeah, which, that's actually which, very interesting. Well, as a DJ mixer yourself, Jonathan, um, I'm sure you'd appreciate the fact that you can now access all the music in the game um, outside of the actual playing it. You can you can hold in um, the flipper buttons, press the start button, and in, in the menu where you can select the various different play modes, which uh, is an, another recent introduction, you know, where you can do um, no team playing or uh, one player against two others or three others. Yeah. In there... You can select this DJ mixer, which gives you um, either all the songs or various play- playlists, which can be played in order or, or randomized. So, which you, is you, a, so, a nice so, so basically, you can play the music of the modes that you never got to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, all the ones where you know um, the music ends halfway through because you know, it's a it's a timed mode, and there's a lot more to the music that you never get to hear. So, so now you can you can have that playing in the background as, as ambient music, which is a nice feature. And they said this, this is going to be introduced on all, on all future games as well, and uh, and probably going back and doing it on some of the uh, some of the older or more recent games anyway, where they've got the current operating system. Uh, the other final thing that they added in, in that, which is uh, this is a, a bugbear that we've we've actually raised on this podcast before, where um, streamers have had problems with their streams being taken down from Twitch or YouTube because they contain licensed music which the record company who owns the rights has uh, has blocked and um, they ended up having a strike against them. Well, Stone have, have in this version 1.2 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles they've, they've added an adjustment for, for um, licensed tune replacement which allows the uh, the licensed music in the in the game to be replaced by a an, an instrumental cover. That still it. raises some questions with me, though, because uh, it's not like an instrumental cover. Uh, you, if you would be streaming uh, instrumental cover music, uh, there's still composers um, uh, that need to be paid for uh, that music. It's not the master anymore of uh, uh, EMI or Warner or whoever owns the master recording of um, uh, of the song um, uh, by a particular artist, but it's st- but but you still have to deal with uh, composers and composer associations, publishers, and all well, that kind of yes. stuff. Yes, that's true. But um, but that original music is licensed for use in the game, so that should all have been covered by the license to use the original music. Mm. The fact that they've now got an instrumental cover simply means that it won't be picked up by the algorithms in the streaming or recording services and automatically blocked. At least that's the idea. It will remain to be seen whether it's 100% foolproof, but you'd think they they would have tested it before they added that. But it's a a good nod towards um, streamers and uh, help them get uh, get around. It's a problem. It's a smart move because it it makes sure... Stern making sure that, the st- that their games are going to be streamed. Yeah, and the recordings will, will stay there and not be taken down. Yeah, which might be a problem for, for other manufacturers. So we'll right. see whether that becomes uh, something which, which they also uh, do something similar in, in their software. Uh, finally, uh, Avaro's House of Horrors code up to version 0.99. So they're, they're all, all getting up to version 1 now. And... Um, some fairly minor things, um, some tests in there for the topper, um, for the lamps and coil there, um, a new haunt mode called, according to the, the release notes, it says they came from space, 
which um, if it's uh, based on a, a corny old B movie, then it will probably be they came from outer space. But maybe that, that's uh, maybe they changed it. I don't know. And um, some further away. Yeah, that's right. Just anywhere in space. Well, I thought it could have come from inner space as well. And um, and some more speech for the phone the fiend uh, feature. And uh, those are the the four software updates that come from Stern in the uh, in the month of August. Okay, I guess that uh, rounds it up for uh, Stern Pinball. Um, so mm, let's, I think so. Let's let's move next door. So let's <laughs> cross the street. Yeah, exactly. To um, Jersey Jack Pinball. Yes, um, obviously moved to their, their factory from Lakewood up to Elk Grove Village. Um, and yeah. I've seen photos from the factory with uh, um, impressive, uh, an impressive lineup of um, Willy Wonka games on the line. Uh, so they're uh, in full production, I'd say, uh, which is uh, yeah. uh, good for them. And... Um, Rather quick, I'd, uh, I'd say, especially considering the COVID uh, circumstances that are still um, uh, causing a lot of uh, headaches and pain and, and what have you, no pun intended. Mm, so, uh, yes. Um, and, and yes, not to be sneezed at. What's interesting is that um, um, Jersey Jack um, introduced something called Factory Finds. Um, where apparently they found a bunch of um, Hobbit playfields, which were uh, so-called seconds, which means that they have a minor scratch or something that uh, um, um, was makes uh, yes, the, the, the playfield yeah. not uh, suitable to use in a game. Uh, but it could still be a great uh, wall decoration piece or, or something like that. And... Um, so these um, uh, factory finds were announced on uh, uh, Jersey Jack's social media, and they almost sold out instantly. And um, after the Hobbit, um, they came with some uh, uh, Willy Wonka playfields and also a partial Willy Wonka plastic set. Yeah, that was meant to be the sort of high wear area. I'm not sure exactly whether factory finds anymore sort of describes what it is. It's not like. Um, they moved the factory from from Lakewood up to uh, Elk Grove Village, and oh look, we didn't know we had this big box of Hobbit playfields or uh, Willy Wonka playfields. Well, we better sell them off. So um, anyway, so that's considering Willy Wonka is on the line at the moment, as you said, then the fact that they're selling off sets of, of the plastics, uh, I guess, means that uh, these are just um, sort of bonus items that are, that are available and in limited in limited numbers and, and as you also said they, they do tend to sell out very quickly so probably worth keeping an eye on uh, jjp's uh, social media streams to see uh, what the next items that, that come up are because you, you never know it might be uh, some really hard to find or unique parts that are being made uh, available to buy right okay so hold on um you should probably hear oh. in the back um oh. Oh. my phone is ringing and I guess oh, it's not, uh, you it? know what time it is. Oh, he, he picks his moments, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, okay, for those uh, not familiar with this podcast, um, uh, our good friend Gary Flower uh, has a tendency to call this show, uh, usually when we're is recording, um, although he's not that... Um, he, he hasn't managed to come on the show mm-hmm. that often. Uh, uh, not that successful. 
Yeah. Well, um, let's, uh, let's pick up before he rings off. Yeah, okay, so... Um, hello, Gary. Hello. Hi, Gary. Hold on. Um, I got another call oh, coming uh, in. It's Jack from uh, Jersey Jack Pinball. We were just talking about him. Um, sorry, Gary. Oh, yeah. I, I got to take this yeah. call. Oh. Jack, thanks for, thanks for calling. Great. What do you think of the new Avengers Infinity Quest game? So listen, let me just tell you this. Let me tell you something that you can use, right? If I were anybody that was going to buy a pinball machine, if I was anybody who was going to buy a pinball machine in the next couple of months, I would not spend a dime until you see our next game. I wouldn't spend any money at all until you see our next game. I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Because I, I just, it's, it's, it's just gonna, it's just gonna knock, it's just gonna blow the windows off of a lot of things, and uh, a lot of people are just gonna be, um, you know, really, uh, really happy that we took our time making what we're making. Okay, but um, are you assuming here that people can only buy one pinball machine? Because there's plenty of people who can buy a pinball machine today and another one next week. Yeah, well, those people, uh, this, that doesn't apply to those people. Those people can go buy everything they want to buy, you know. But if I only had room for one pinball machine to buy... You know, and there are there are a lot of those people too. You know, they have to sell something to buy something, or they have to. I have a customer who's a dentist, and every time he buys a new game, he puts it in the game room and he takes the glass off the, off the, off the back box. And his wife uh, says to him, "You bought a new game? No, this whole thing. Come on, I'm working on it. It's uh, it's uh, it's opened up. You know, what are you talking about? It's not a new game." I had this game. Come on. So he thinks she's stupid, and and she and he thinks that he got over on her. In the meantime, he got his game. Right. So I'm sure she notices the side art is different. I said to him, I said, look, she married you. How smart could she be? <laughs> uh, well, of course, you're always a salesman, Jack, but... Um, can you not give us something that uh, a little tease of something that that would uh, encourage people to you know wait that extra month or, or two in order to buy a Jersey Jack pinball game or the next Jersey Jack pinball game rather than uh, anything else that might be out there? Well, I would say um, you know our best games are ahead of us. That's what I would say. But you always say that. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I, I want people to be surprised. You know, you can't get, um, you can never get a second opportunity to make a first impression. So let them see it and love it and be surprised and go crazy and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to get in the middle of that. Right. You know? uh, so so um, I know you're probably not going to comment on themes that are supposedly in development um, but there was a, a sort of a rumor that um, there's two titles sort of floating around for Jersey Jack and the, the rumor was that um, although we were expecting uh, the next game to be an Eric Mernier uh, design the rumor is that it's actually going to be a Pat Lawler design 
which would be the game that was supposed to come after the Eric Meunier design. I heard that. I heard that. I heard that same rumor. Okay. Can you comment on it? Well, I, I just did comment on it. I heard that same rumor. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, given the fact that you will be launching a, a new game fairly soon, um, is the... Is there anything you can say about um, what might have changed in, in the way you're going to launch it, given the fact that you now can't go to any of the major shows, do a big presentation there, and whatever you're, you're going to do is, is going to, I imagine, going to have to be an online event. So what's, what's, what are the plans? What's, what's, the, um, what's the strategy now? You're doing things differently. <laughs> Guys, it's too much. It's too much. Well, you know, uh, I guess I guess there won't be shows for a little while. So, um, you know, we'll we'll launch it in a different way. We'll just launch it in a different way. But no, no, nothing. We should uh, put in our diaries. No. Um, there's nothing you want to tease us with about about what you're going to do when when the time comes. No, oh no. You know, interviewing me, you, you're better off interviewing the ghost of Gary Flower. You know, <laughs> I, I hate to I hate to say it. I don't want to give you guys a hard time, but you know, I, I've I've gone this long without saying much of anything. I'm I'm, I'm almost at the finish line, so. Let's go to the finish line and let's just launch the game and and let's see what it is and let everybody be happy and uh, and buy them and 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 then then I can come back and tell you everything I didn't tell you. Sure, I'm just just trying to give you the opportunity to build a, build some more hype about the launch, not about the actual game, about, about what I you're know. going to do to I present know. it. I know that. Well, you know, look, it's going to be a challenge, obviously, because. Uh, um, but there were other companies recently, uh, you know, I would say in the last year there were other companies recently that didn't use the show to launch a game. Um, and, uh, you know, the games were in a controlled environment and, and only one person was playing it on the video screen, so nobody really got a chance to know what it was for a long time. And, uh, you know, that's an advantage and a disadvantage. I, I love... I love the whole people aspect, and I wish uh, I wish we had we had that. But uh, we have to go to Plan B. Right. You know? So that's that's how we'll launch it. We'll go. Okay. We'll, we'll do it in a different way, but it'll be the way we do it. It'll, it'll be fun. And it'll be cool. Okay. Um, on a completely different note, um, Jim Petlam was recently hired as the uh, the new COO of the company. Were you involved in that, and how do you feel about it? Yeah, of course I was involved, and I feel great. Jim's a great guy. He's got a lot of great pinball experience, and we need we need people that have uh, uh, a lot of pinball experience. Um, uh, you know, uh, guiding and uh, 
you know, suggesting and doing different things. So it's it's real good. You know, uh, it, it's hard to build people for our industry. I was just talking to somebody today. You know, what I should say it's it's you really need to build people for our industry. It's hard to just hire somebody. Uh, off an ad or out of school or something like that and throw them into the world of manufacturing and making pinball machines. So if you have somebody that has that experience, uh, you you want to get that person on your team, and that's what we did. Okay, well, congrats. Uh, you're, you're very correct. Jin brings in a ton of expertise, and he actually yeah. likes working in the industry. So Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a nice bonus, right? You want people that love what they do, uh, people that have a passion for it, people that jump out of bed in the morning and they, they spring into action and they create things and they make things happen. So, uh, um, you know, uh, you, you dream about those kind of people coming to a company and, and working with other people because it inspires and motivates other people to be their best. And that's what you want. You want... You want a players playing with A players. And uh, so a little, little word about um, now Now the factory and the manufacturing is, is up in uh, Elk Grove Village. How's that impacted on, on your schedule? Are you still, uh, are you commuting backwards and forwards between your home and, and there? Or are you uh, able to spend more time at home and uh, do what you need to do from there? Well, good thing for Zoom. And good thing for FaceTime yeah. and good thing for all the technology we have today. Um, you know, I, I haven't been out there yet. I'll be out there shortly. Um, but, you know, I'm connected to what's happening uh, pretty much every day. I don't uh, feel anything but good things about uh, how everything is working. So, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we still have... Uh, so much to do um, even you know it's going to be the company's going to be 10 years old soon unbelievably uh, to think of that uh, and and you know you look at where you get where you go where you started what you're doing and, and all the different people that are working uh, very hard to make games so um, you know it's it's all good I feel good about it I think I think for future just a general statement of um, I don't know that business people will get on a plane you know I used to fly 150 160,000 miles a year in the last few years I don't I don't know that business people would get on a plane and fly six hours to meet face to face with somebody for an hour or two meet it I think trade shows will come back and face to face. We hope uh, you know it comes back soon. But I think the pandemic, unfortunately, has forced technology ahead by maybe ten years and just a few months, maybe more than ten years. Because even right now, you know, I'm not with you guys in the back room of a of a you know a beer hall. Uh, you know, drinking champagne and eating chocolate and having a conversation, unfortunately. You know, Those were good times. I'd rather that we were doing that than, than, the, than this, but this is better than nothing. So, you know, sometimes you get used to what you can accept. 
uh, uh, like the Rolling Stones say, you know what, you can't always get what you want, but uh, you get what you can. You know, it's kind of like the situation right now with some of the communications and travel and things like that. So it's it's uh, it's temporary. It's a temporary thing. It's not forever. Hopefully not. It's not going to be forever. It'll be temporary. It'll be. We'll laugh about it. Hopefully, you know, we'll laugh about it. I'm an eternal optimist, so I have to. I have to feel that way. Good. Oh well, I, um, I think that's uh, that's answered everything I I uh, had a question about. Don't know about Jonathan. Yeah, sums it up for me as well. Thank you. Good. I'm sorry in a way I can't give you more information right now. I know you understand that, but. I, I respect you. You got to do your job, and you have to ask those questions. And I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, everything will be revealed very shortly. <laughs> okay. Okay. We look forward to that, and we look okay. forward to meeting up in person again. Okay. Okay. So uh, that was an edited version of our interview with uh, uh, Jack Ranieri. Thanks for calling in, Jack. Um, a little bit of information got lost in between all the off-the-record parts that we. Obviously, had to edit out. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the first being that Jersey Jack Pinball um, basically will not be announcing any new games uh, until they are uh, boxed up and ready to ship. And right. uh, that might take a while. So um, Jack's hoping that people will have a little patience. Yeah, well, that's where they always wanted to be. So uh, if this is the game where they get to that point, then fair enough. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Uh, Jack Warnieri of uh, Jersey Jack Pinball. Um, unfortunately, not revealing very much about uh, upcoming <laughs> games as we... Um, but, we, uh, hey, we tried, and you get it from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Uh, no insult Not revealing intended. a whole lot about his opinions of, uh, of Avengers, either. Yeah, uh, he was um, very political in that regard, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, so. well, uh, yeah, so in- interesting nonetheless... Um, I found it particularly interesting that uh, that Jack hasn't uh, hasn't been up to the new factory yet, but uh, we will plan to well, go there very soon. Probably uh, d- uh, due to uh, the, the Corona situation. Oh yeah, almost certainly. And you know, he's not flying anywhere near as much as he used to. He said he was doing one hundred and fifty thousand miles a year in the air previously, and that's basically all come to a halt. Right. So. Um but anyway, he's safe, his family's safe, and uh, everyone at the factory seem, and the company seems to be safe. So, uh, good news there. And uh, we, we look forward to seeing uh, the next new game from Jersey Jack Pimble when the time is right. Right, okay. So, um, well, since we uh, uh, briefly talked about Jim Petla uh, working at um, Jersey Jack Pimble, uh, Jim mm. obviously came from American Pimble, so here's that bridge. Um, so, what news do we have uh, regarding American Pinball? Well, not a huge amount. I mean, their uh, Hot Wheels game is obviously their their big the big title, and that's what they're they're pushing, and they are promoting it in association with the IFPA in what they are called the Hot Wheels Livestream Challenge. Now, basically, there are like fifteen challenge events, each of which has a uh, a specific goal that uh, people are trying to reach on the Hot Wheels game. They could be the, the fastest uh, person to complete something, the highest score in a mode or the most cars collected or something like that. And of all these 15 challenges are being run 
between now and the end of the year and they're being done by streaming so if you to do these you need to have a a hot wheels machine and b be able to stream what you're doing right so that rather limits it but um that's if you like can you can go that, and play on location and and enter uh one of these challenges if you if you would be interested in well you might be able to um no I, i'm not sure how difficult it would be just to get you know if there's, if there's two of you and you can socially distance if you need to if somebody can just hold a phone you know and and record and live stream onto facebook or something like that then maybe that would qualify uh, but obviously you need to register in advance for doing that. So to do that, go to the IFPA website and you can uh, register your interest and intention to take part in any of these challenges. And there are you know, all kinds of Hot Wheels and uh, American Pinball branded prizes for the uh, for the most successful. Could you get points for where you finish in each of the cha- 15 challenges? So uh, at the end of the uh, end of the challenge season, uh, the prizes will be awarded. So that's... Uh, that's a little something to uh, for those people who are able to take part, and uh, I guess uh, other people can watch uh, watch them attempt to uh, to beat the existing high scores for these things as well. If you uh, go and watch the regular streams, right. So um, one other detail about uh, Hot Wheels um, that I uh, read a couple of days ago. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. these these uh, challenges that we just uh, discussed are. Um, Organized in uh, um, uh, collaboration with the uh, IFPA, um, yep. which is run by uh, Josh and Zach Sharp, um, sons of uh, Roger Sharp. And uh, interestingly, well, I already knew that Roger Sharp was involved with American Pinball in getting the uh, Hot Wheels license. But what's also interesting, at least I found it interesting, is that Josh Sharp. Um, has been involved in uh, consulting uh, the design team for Hot Wheels, um, basically making sure that the, the gameplay is accessible to people of uh, various skill levels and so on. And um, uh, apparently, um, as Hot Wheels is getting a lot of uh, positive feedback, I guess uh, we have to thank Josh Sharp for his input. On that, yeah. Well, the more uh, the more um, input that and more knowledge that that, that the design team can get, and um, I wouldn't say more opinions because opinions are a mixed bag. Sometimes they're, they're useful and sometimes they're not. But uh, informed opinion that you're certainly going to get from from Josh, um, the better the game's going to end up. So yeah, it uh, seems like a win-win. Um, yeah, definitely, and um, so I'm still, um, uh, well, hoping, obviously, that uh, Hot Wheels will be a, uh, a very good game for American Pinball. So far, um, like I already said, um, the uh, feedback to the game is uh, very, very positive, especially since it's a um, um, uh, a game that's appealing to, well, it's not one of those games that's very complex, where uh, a novice player is immediately lost in like, oh, uh, what's what's going on? What do I have to do here? So, um, in that sense, um, yes. it's uh, appealing to people that are not that familiar with uh, pinball. Yeah, I think people will get the basic idea of uh, a racing game fairly simply, and uh, it's it's uh, it seems to be well implemented. But while we're on the on the subject of the Hot Wheels, have been. 
Well, now we're in September when we're recording this. There are actually two code updates for report on. One, um, they seem to bring them out every month on the 1st of the month. So there's one on the 1st of August, which, um, uh, well, it um, it added various feature adjustments, but also did an interesting thing, which I, 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 admit I would have thought was already in the game, which is uh, it allows the splitting of the levels for uh, insert lighting and, and general illumination. No, I would have thought they'd have been separate anyway, but apparently they were tied together before, and, and now they're not, so those two can be adjusted separately. There's some uh, lots of new uh, display effects and lighting effects, um, some new music tracks as well for Legend Multiple and for the high-score entry, and some rule tweaks for um, some of the battles, the T-Rex battle, the Gorilla battle, and jackpot value changes for multi-balls, um, uh, along with the usual tweaks and... Um, and bug fixes, and um, yeah, um, also um, there's a thing in there that displays your total race uh, race time so far, which is a, a new feature they've added. Um, oh, there's some even more new sounds and music for uh, a redline mode as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's coming on leaps and bounds. So uh, every month, look out for on the first of the month, look out for a new update for Hot Wheels if uh, if you have one of those. Right. Okay. Um... I suggest to move on to uh, another code update, but then from a different uh, company, um, because I think that's about all the news there is to report from Spooky Pinball. A code update well, for American, Rick and Morty. Um, yeah, American aren't the only ones who have been doing two software updates. Um, Spooky, as you say. I've also got two, two code updates for Rick and Morty. Um, version well they were really only only two days apart so the the second one was just um, pick, fixed a few minor bugs that got introduced in the first one i think but they uh so 22 uh, sorry 2020.08.10 so the the 10th of august version that uh, added more speech for uh, bird person and uh, the roy and roy uh, mode narration um, added new high scores for each adventure and for each multi-board as well. Changed some of the insert lighting, some new rules for Morty's choice, some bug fixes, which were then got, which were then fixed again. And um, it's also some change of uh, how a few of the things in the gameplay work, but uh, there's too many of those to go into to, to detail them all. But uh, anyway, that game should be on uh, version... 2020.08.12 now. That's the current version as of the date of this recording. Right. Okay, well, I'm still waiting to play Rick and Morty, and the problem is COVID crisis, you know, um, yeah, traveling, yeah. and um, I don't think we have any Rick and Morty games in Europe yet. Um, and, uh, well, hopefully soon there will be some Rick and Morty games in Europe, and uh, uh, preferably close by, so I can um, uh, give the game a go. The good news is, as they keep developing the game, um, the more they develop it, the more I can enjoy it, I suppose. In the yeah, sense that, better it gets. Um, uh, the, uh, the, the complete of the game, the more fun it should be, especially in case of... Yeah, your first, impression, yeah. your first impression should be an even better one. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, well, I haven't got any other news from Spooky at the moment, so let's... Uh, Let's head on down to the south of uh, the US and to Texas and to to Multimorphic, where Jerry and the team have been have introduced a new feature to uh, well at least one of their games at the moment and coming to to others later. Right. And 
Um, and surprisingly, is, not to heist, uh, but to cosmic kart racing. That's right. Yeah, the cosmic kart racing has has just had added to it support for Twitch Connect, which uh, will allow people who are well who are watching live streams of um, P3 games being uh, being played to interact with that game and control the game in various ways. So Cosmic Kart Racing obviously would seem like a really good one for that because they um, it allows the people who are, who are watching the stream to to fire some of the, the power-ups or the blockers for uh, other players or the player they're watching. Um, which is uh, well, could be interesting, could be could be annoying, could be uh, collaborative in a, in a really interesting way. But it uh, opens up a whole whole range of possibilities for uh, other features that can be could be started um, during a game, just by uh, by people who are, who are watching the stream. And uh, I guess it, it has to be controlled in some kind of way. But uh, no, it's early days yet, and it's a. It's an interesting interactive addition to uh, the P3, and of course, uh, you know, uh, it's a first for any pinball game, as uh, the P3 often uh, is used to introduce whole new new features, which other manufacturers gradually add to theirs in in uh, some to some degree or other. Right. And um, so, apart from the internet gaming and the USB and Bluetooth headphones that we we reported on in in previous podcasts, they now um, yeah Twitch Connect support. So uh, it let's see what happens. It's complicated. Maybe I have to see in person or, or uh, on a stream how it actually is working. Is there any way um, that, that that we can find out more about that? Yeah, um, yeah. There's a uh, there's a stream coming up. I think on uh, is it the seventh of September. I think ah. Monday is seventh of September, where Multimorphic Buffalo Pinball and Gamma Goat. We'll all be streaming uh, on Twitch, streaming live on Twitch, and showing um, how the Twitch Connect feature can be used in Cosmic Kart Racing. So this is something which is uh, out there now, and um, you'll be able to tune in to uh, any of those streams, I guess, either Multimorphic themselves, Buffalo Pinball, or Gamma Goat, or all on Twitch, and and see what uh, what the possibilities are, and okay. uh, maybe make some suggestions to the team as to what you think it'd be, uh, what how how it could be improved or, or added to. Right. Okay. So uh, that's uh, Monday, September seventh. Um, okay, I'll have to keep that in mind. Um, yeah, it's eight p.m. Uh, Eastern time, I should say. Okay. Um, well, um, sticking uh, since we're in Texas, uh, let's head a little more south to uh, San Antonio, uh, where Deep Root Pinball is located. Um, now there's. Um, some interesting news regarding Deep Root um, in the sense that um, last month they uh, had a, uh, a rather odd way of announcing that there would be um, a, uh, a sort of launch in September. And uh, what I mean by that is they, um, uh, there's this website called um, This Week in Pinball um, where they are recapping uh, basically the uh, pinball industry news as we are, uh, but then on a weekly basis. And um, um, this week in pinball started um, a, a trial, I suppose it is, or maybe it's not, but um, uh, of doing a video uh, summary of 
uh, each month, and so far they did two, one for June and one for July, and um, the, one, the, the, the video for July became available uh, mid-August, which is uh, already rather late, because obviously we have covered that news by then, long time. But uh, the interesting thing is that video was uh, sponsored by Deep Root Pinball, and they basically used their, uh, this video as sponsored message to announce that they would be revealing the production model of uh, Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland in September. Um, but obviously that wasn't news in July. So that's what I found rather odd, because basically <laughs> they're using um, the, the summary of July uh, to make an announcement for September, which wasn't news in July. That's, that's the only beef I have with no. it. But okay, that being said, uh, since then, uh, Deep Root have started a, um, a sort of teaser campaign on, uh, on their uh, Deep Root Pinball website where an image is uh, shown and uh, it's a, uh, an image of uh, a black image with a sort of gray wall that's breaking or something like that uh, with um, a, a cryptic blue um, uh, numbers and letters. Um, on it. Um, the first image showed a, um, a 9 dot and a uh, D dot, if I'm not mistaken. And a couple of days yeah, later, right. uh, which is where we are now, um, the number 20 was added to it. So now we have 9 dot 20 dot D. <coughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. And um, it's. Uh it's exciting. Yeah, uh, uh, extremely, because uh, obviously, well, um, it could be anything. Um, you might expect that there will be a, a date revealed for, say, September something 2020. Although we still don't know what the D stands for, but oh well. Um, yeah, We're recording this on September 3rd, and September is still a long month, so... Um, We'll have to wait and see when exactly um, this production model of Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland will be um, revealed, and then we'll have to see what the changes are that they made compared to the um, the version, the, the prototype that was shown at the Houston Arcade Expo. I think that was November of last year. Mm. So basically, we're yeah, ten, mon ten, ten months later. The, um, mm. As I say, I have to admit, I'm, when they get into these sort of you know tease type scenarios, I'm they kind of turn me off rather than get me interested, and I refuse to be drawn into it. And it's like if you've got something to show, just show us. Don't don't try and build up some some fake interest. No, there's plenty of things, plenty of better ways to tease it than to try and sort of create puzzles. And that um, that to me is uh, annoying, but. I'm sure when they do actually reveal something, it's going to be very, very interesting. And uh, I, I will definitely want to, well, we, we will cover it, of course, here and uh, in our respective uh, publications. Right. But, so, you know, come on, just tell us when you're going to do it and do it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, oh, well, for now, uh, we'll just uh, wait and see. Um, and, uh, well, hopefully um, they use those 10 months uh, to really improve uh, the game 
uh, as it, it apparently needed um, some adjustments to uh, to the ramps, if I recall, because people mm. were complaining that they can't, may uh, couldn't, couldn't. They're too steep. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the ramp was too long or too steep, and they couldn't finish it. So, um, well, it, it seemed to be something that they put they built into the software because there was some kind of uh, award or whatever for, for, or certainly some some effect for not making the ramp if, if you tried to make it and failed. Yeah, that was that was also uh, recorded. Right, and apparently the flipper power was uh, uh, on purpose turned down so that people would not be able to make the ramp. Mm, well, we've if, heard that if, claimed uh, a few times. If I recall correctly, and if not, then um, that's basically my memory uh, failing on me. So, anyway, uh, let's oh, wait and see what they, uh, what, what they will show. And... Um, Hopefully, it will uh, uh, knock our socks off. Yeah, I'm sure next month's podcast will be uh, one of our headlines. Then, Probably, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, um, moving uh, back to uh, Chicago, gaming that is, um, mm-hmm. the new Medieval Madness remake, RGB GI lighting kits, and uh, extra large display upgrades are now available um, for those who bought a Medieval Madness remake um, when those updates were not available yet. Uh, obviously, this yeah, was... Yeah, when they brought the Royal Edition out that uh, had all the um, the RGB GI lighting, uh, which, was, uh, which was something which made a, a huge improvement, I think, to the way the game looked, to be able to, to wash the whole playfield in a particular colour, you know, when you when you were shooting the castle, the, you know, the dragon shot, and you, you could get the dragon flames and that kind of stuff going right across the playfield, not not being washed out by having white general illumination. So that was that's very nice. It's uh, although interestingly, it seems it doesn't include the pop bumpers, which is um, a little odd, but I guess they're quite difficult to. I was going to say to um, put RGB LEDs in if they didn't originally have them might involve significant um, sort of dismantling of, of those mechanisms in order to get new lighting in there. Especially on medieval mounts, it's very difficult to get to the pop bumpers in the first place. Yeah, that's true. Because they're Make hidden uh, under the uh, the damsel ramp. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe that there was decided it would be too much of an effort, oh, and, and of course it, it means that uh, that the royal. Edition of the of that game is uh, has that extra bonus which uh, can't be upgraded um, from the from the original from the ver- first version. So that'll that'll always be a, an extra selling point for that game. Right, and uh, um, also interesting to note is that apparently um, Chicago Gaming uh, uh, started production again of Attack from Mars, as I've seen several. Uh, distributors um, uh, basically announcing that they have Attack from Mars games in stock again. Um, yeah, I think they said it was a it was a shorter run or a short run of those games. Right. So, um, so if you're looking for an Attack from Mars um, remake, that is, um, then uh, well, you're in luck. You might be able to get one. So. Yeah, but don't hang about because, uh, as I say, I don't think they made too many of them. So if you want one, snap it up while it's available. Yeah, okay, but then still, I figure um, if they need more, um, they're probably going to run more at some point. Yeah, it's, 
Well, I was going to say it's not a licensed title because it is licensed. It's licensed from Planetary Bimble. So, uh, but I suspect that uh, there isn't a, a, a you know, like a, a three-year license on that, uh, or three-year times time limit on that license. That's where it probably runs um, um, for some time yet. Yeah. So, oh well. Um, so then there's a couple of companies, uh, and here's a big spoiler: where there's no news. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. basically, uh, I'm just going to name them, and that's that. That's about it. So, uh, there's no news from Homepin in uh, Taiwan. Mm. There's no news yep. from Haggis Pinball in Australia, yep. and that's uh, uh, well. Hopefully, everything's fine over there. Uh, we're still waiting for updates, of course, um, but they have been announced and then um, didn't uh, show anything. Uh, so okay, well, uh, we're just wondering if everything is okay, and uh, hopefully it is. Um, mm. Well, from being from being such prolific um, streamers or uh, video producers on YouTube on their channel, um, you know, doing on a daily basis and cutting it down a bit, it's, it's actually been five months now since the last video update from uh, Haggis Pimple. So that's but a, that a was the, that last video update was the, um, if I'm not mistaken, the the sledgehammer one. So. Yeah, I think it's playfields uh, and playfield options. Yes, the different yeah, different yeah, type okay. of playfield finishes you could yes. get. Yeah. So. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, yeah, um, no news from Dutch Pinball, although um, it might be uh, noteworthy to mention that uh, Christopher Frenchy, uh, who is doing an awesome job uh, as a host and producer of the uh, Super Awesome Pinball Show podcast. Um, on this last episode, he mentioned uh, to keep an eye on uh, on the Dutch, something like that. And some people um, seem to interpret that as that Christopher Frenchy might be involved with Dutch pinball, um, do, maybe doing some artwork for them in the future. But then mm-hmm. again, Dutch well. pinball is still busy building the Big Lebowski for at least... Uh, I'd say another year before they might even get yeah, slowly start so. to think about a second game. So nothing to get excited about um, for now, I suppose. So no, and, well, there's uh, no news, but the, the, but the news is that they keep they are continuing to, to build games, both the the new the new sales and also fulfilling the uh, the early achiever uh, models as well. I know somebody in this country who's getting ready to get there. Early Achiever game. Good. Which uh, they've been waiting a long time for. So looking forward to that. Right. So, uh, and uh, well, Dutch Pinball is still looking, as far as I know, uh, to move to a larger facility. If there's any news on that, then uh, obviously we'll let you know as well. So, and Mm -hmm. then uh, the other company where we have no news to report on is uh, Circus Maximus, who are working on um, a remake of Capcom's. Kingpin, mm. and um, and and have been for a, for a while. Yeah, um, and uh, the, well, the the funny thing is, or it's hardly funny anymore. But um, so supposedly they are doing Kingpin in order to um, uh, create funds to do the production of um, uh, Python's Python's Pinball Circus. Pinball Circus. Yeah. Yes, uh, which is a uh, rather unique game. 
the funny thing in this is that um, I'm actually currently working on um, the uh, editing of my interview with uh, Python Angelo, which is going to be in Pinball Magazine number six. And um, um, in, uh, obviously, when I was talking to Python, which is over five years ago, um, now I'm coming across comments like, well, I got the team ready and everybody's ready and you got people from Microsoft <laughs> and where have you uh, ready to, 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 to fork in money and uh, everything will uh, happen. And um, uh, basically, the, uh, it should happen quickly because he strongly believes that if the uh, development of a game takes more than uh, uh, six or seven months, then it's going to be a disaster game. Um, <laughs> now, obviously, these two games have already been designed. But if you take how, uh, if you look at how long it's taking, the the current team, which are only a handful of people, literally, I think it's less than five, uh, to to get this thing going. Um, I suppose um, that would not be approved by Python the way things are, the the, the pace things are going. But then again, Python could dream up stuff and expected it to be done the next day. So, nothing new under the sun, I yeah. suppose. Um, but presumably his six-month timeline was you know, for a, a dedicated pinball manufacturer to, to bring it to uh, you know, a, a prototype or a, a sample game state rather than being done by uh, a, a very small group of people who are doing this in their spare time and, and not as their main business. Yeah, that's uh, definitely true. So... Um but uh, oh well, we uh, we still hope for the best, and we're still looking for um, uh, yeah. Kingpin to uh, to be taken into production uh, at some yeah. day. I mean, uh, apart from the, those translites, those signed translites that they sold of the game, I don't think anybody's put any money down towards these games. So no one's no one's missing out. But I think those those who bought the translites were like first in line to be able to buy the game. If I remember correctly, I think that was the deal. Yeah. But um, beyond that, there's, uh, there's there's no there's no commitment to anybody else to actually get this game um, uh, finished and uh, across the finishing line and uh, out there for sale. So it'll, it it takes as long as it takes, I guess. Yeah. So um, oh well. Um, moving on to other news. Yeah. Okay. Well, our our main well our, our third headline. Um, I think it, on our second headline, actually, as it was, was about um, Pinball Expo. And, uh, of course, as we said before, it was one of the reasons why this month's podcast is a couple of days late, then or later than usual, because we wanted to be able to bring you that news. And it is now official that Pinball Expo 2020 will not take place as a physical show in Wheeling, as it has done for you know the last few years. But it will be an online event instead, and I think it's easy to say that, um, as, as other shows have done, you know, we're, we're going to do this as a virtual show, and um, and that's that's kind of like a, a, a fairly small scale operation. Well, I get the feeling that um, this is going to be quite quite a, an impressive online show. There's going to be a, a, a lot of things uh, for you to watch and participate in, right? Well, which will be which will actually allow them to do things which they wouldn't been able to do as a you know, as a in person. 
Right. Okay. So why not let's ask? Uh, uh, why not ask Mr. Pinball Expo himself, Rob Burke? Um, uh, what's been going on lately? And uh, yeah, what, what a good idea. Yeah. Well, we're joined now in the uh, all the way from. Well, I, I guess actually you're at your home. Are you, uh, Rob, or are you in the office? Uh, Rob I'm Burke. At I'm at work. Rob Burke, uh, Pinball Expo founder, organizer. Chief, the big guy who uh, today put out the announcement that Pinball Expo as a, as a physical show will not be going ahead, but instead there's going to be a, a big program of virtual events uh, which people can watch online for free. But, um, but Rob, um, tell us about the, the process that, uh, that went into deciding that, that uh, Pinball Expo couldn't happen at the West End this year and you had to do something different. Yeah, the West End really... Um made it difficult for me to make a decision and that's why I waited this late but even in March April, May, June all these months went by and we kept calling the hotel and said hey there's just no way this show is going to go on but they, they held me uh, ransom so to speak and it says no we can't do a thing until the governor uh, decides uh, we're in phase 5 so which basically means you could have a, an event for any size party, right. any size event. And I said, but there's no way it's going to hit that at this pace. And they said, we don't know that, so we're forcing you to hold on to the contract, and if you leave early, you're going to pay a real hefty penalty. So I finally um, got to the point where I told my um, director of sales that I need a drop-dead date because I just can't be notified a week before the expo that no, sure. you're going to have it. It's just not fair. It's impossible to put it together. So he said, all right, September 1st. He said, if it doesn't hit phase five by September 5th, there's no vaccine, then we'll get you out of the contract. So, frankly, I'm elated of that uh, because I felt that even if we tried to do the show, there would be so many people that would be so concerned and so cautious that they'd be walking on eggshells. Yeah. Plus, um, the way it is right now, a lot of Europe is, is uh, closed down as far as coming to America. Right. So it's like, who's going to show up? So it was a concern. And, and finally, when September 1st came and left, I felt much better that now I can focus my energies into a virtual show. And right. It's going to be a virtual show like you guys have never seen before. This, we have so much stuff planned, your head's going to spin. Is there anything you can reveal about that? Anything you can you can uh, tease us with that uh, you got lined up? Yeah, I'll give you a couple of teasers, uh, John, uh, Martin. And, and that is that um, we're going to have our seminars like we always do. But what's interesting is a lot of people that I've never asked to give seminars in the past because their subject matter uh, made it that it was it could it could be uh, done live at, at our show um, because they're going to be home and because a lot of these people are collectors or enthusiasts operate out of their home all their equipment all their machines all their supplies are there at the house so it's very easy to do a virtual event so people that have never even thought about speaking are going to be speaking and. We, it's going to be the gamut of the people that we have speaking as well as people from all over the world that are going to be speaking. 
And um, most likely, those people will have a video presentation. It's hard to say what time we're going to show that uh, seminar. Plus, it would be much easier for them rather than staying up till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning just to make it uh, easy to show here in America that uh, they, they tape it. But uh, the one thing I will say is this. We're going to have several factory tours. And that includes uh, the American manufacturers, but it also includes Dutch Pinball. Mm-hmm. It also includes Home Pen. Right. You know, most people have never seen inside of these places. No. No. And, Great. Uh, there will be a lot other, and I'm going to keep some surprises in there, but just knowing that the, the tours you know, from these foreign um, manufacturers would be quite interesting even to me I mean I, I, I went to Home Pin one time and I saw it when he first started when he was still in China he's in Taiwan now he's moved yeah. to Taiwan but um, it would be interesting to see the actual operation of these guys uh, in their uh, right from their factory excellent and will, will there be any um, sort of possibility for interaction from, from viewers um, going through the uh, the pinballexpo.com website will they be able to ask questions at all or will, do you think everything will be a sort of pre-recorded format yeah it's a great question because some people feel that it would be a lot of fun and we're working on it right now where they could type their questions yeah in. sort of chat window type thing yes so there'll be a chat window there so uh, uh, even during their talk or when the talk is over there'll be a question there the one might say Martin uh, when are you going to um start taping uh, whatever or, or yeah. talk to them when you lower your rates on your magazine and then <laughs> so yeah we're going to be doing that it'll be, it'll be interactive in a unique kind of way and uh, listen we're doing the best of what we got oh absolutely we're trying yeah. to throw the kitchen sink at you and what we're also going to do Martin is um, you know the expo is moving to a new venue next year so we will announce that Plus, give people uh, an idea. We're going to do a video, a preview of video of the hotel and, and of the vendor space and of the hotel rooms, uh, probably the last day of this year's virtual expo. Wow. So uh, we won't be going back to the West End again, or at least not, not in the near future. We will not be going back to West That's correct. Right. Oh, I always feel some uh, some sadness about that in a way, but I'm, I'm sure given uh, the fact they were holding your your feet to the fire for the for the contract, you're not uh, I'd, that I'd unhappy glad, about it. I'd be glad to get you a hotel room for one night so you can say goodbye to everybody. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, it's going to be interesting, guys, and uh, um, you know the manufacturers have been very supportive with this, so that always makes it really interesting, and they've reached out to me. For a lot of people in the, in the pinball world, um, the Dutch Pinball Museum, and you guys probably know about this stuff more than I do. So, you know, they've reached out. So they're, they're going to be uh, giving us a presentation. Um, it's just going to be pretty wild because a lot of us here in America and all over the world have never had a chance to travel to these these other locations, these other factories, these other museums. So to be able to do it virtually is the next best thing. Right. Okay. Um, in another subject matter, um, your daughters have been um, making sure that your your basement is going viral on TikTok. I can't believe it, Jonathan. You know, 
they, she did it. She says, oh, Dad, by the way, I did this. I said, oh, okay. You know, I had no idea it would get this many hits. I mean, I think she had over 500,000. I, I can't comprehend it, to be honest with you. But, um, yes, that's the case, and it, it's, it's hit a, a lot of the Internet. And, um, you know, what's interesting is as, as many people as have seen it, no one has really reached out to me or her as far as like, hey, that was cool, or hey, I want to learn more about the pinball or whatever. So, right, for, the, for those people who haven't seen it, uh, can you describe or tell us what it was that she actually recorded and put online? Basically, we're just walking down the basement of our house and, and just seeing all the games. Right. So what I'll probably do, you know, for the uh, virtual expo is do a walkthrough of my collection right there because we're, we're going to. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be great. We're going to broadcast. From the basement of my house, so all the machines will be there. Worst comes to worst, if there's a, there's a break in time or something, uh, we'll put the camera on, on one of the machines playing one of the games, or uh, something to do with pinball. I mean, there'll be a lot of interaction going on. And I will say this: if anyone there in the pinball world would like to um, participate, either as a speaker or if you're uh, selling a service or parts. You're welcome to send us your commercial of, of your products, and we'll use that in between the seminars, you know, just to keep keep it going and keep it interesting. Yeah, sounds like you're, up, you're sort of coming up with a, like a, almost like a broadcast channel. Exactly uh, right. Well, we're uh, running throughout the day. Uh, is, it, is it two days you're doing this, or is it, uh, uh, is it longer? Show, right now, I envision the show starting Thursday at 5 p.m. Ohio time. Right, okay. And it'll run Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Okay, so three-day event. Okay. Three-day extravaganza. <laughs> it's, uh, it's this kind of thing I don't think it's ever been, been attempted before. Um, are you uh, feeling confident that uh, you'll, you'll, you'll have the speakers and the, uh, and the factory tours and, and everything that you're, you're hoping for? You know... Uh, Martin, the one thing for people that know me is if I do something, I, I go all out. So, you know, the seminars has always been my love, and I've always, you know, had, I don't know, how, three full days of seminars. You can imagine oh, four at least. hours, if not more, just crazy. So um, it's just my nature just, just to fill up every minute with uh, something going on. And what we'll probably do also is, um, you know, Possibly put on YouTube as well, so these these will be available to people who can watch it at a, at a later time. Because I don't think people want to stay up, you know, ten and twelve, fourteen hours a day. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you because obviously last year we, we did that um, through Pinball News and uh, it got a huge number of hits for for all, all the seminars and uh, even from the people who were there at the time, they, they wanted to watch them back in case they missed various parts of it. So yeah, um, being able to do it after the event, being a you know, re recap or, or watch. What, yep. what people might have missed is, is uh, a very great great idea and uh, yeah and obviously we're, we're there if uh, you need any help with that well it certainly couldn't hurt my friend I mean you, you reach a wide audience so that would be that would be great if we could um, partner on that because um, I'm hoping the zoom, the zoom goes without any hitches I, I need to have a strong internet connection coming out of my home and make sure there's, there's no hang-ups sure we're working on getting that all prepared but um it should be very interesting for everyone here involved because we all miss pinball so much. We miss the live shows, and um, I believe some of the other 
shows have done a couple of virtual attempts. I, I haven't seen any of them. But uh, we're going to take it to the extreme. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds very exciting. And the best news is we're going to do it for free, no charge. Yeah. So Wonderful. we've come up with a really creative uh, design for this year's event. So we'll probably sell uh, shirts this, this year as well. And it'll say something like, you know, I tuned into the virtual pinball expo. But this is a part of Americana that it'll be fun to look at years to come, assuming this world is still around and people are healthy. Well, assuming that we finally uh, find the vaccine and we can get back to the old normal. You, you know it. Yeah. So uh, we're doing everything we can to make this thing really fun and interesting and uh, just with the seminars. And probably, you know, I'll announce the seminars perhaps a week before the event because there's just so much involved in putting this together and the timing and everything. But we'll have a schedule of events like we do normally. Right. Okay. So if, and, uh, if people want more information, where should they go? Well, they can go to pinballexpo.com. You know, we'll try to update that as much as we can. And if not that, just have them reach out to my email, the uh, brkpinball at gmail.com. Uh, and they can certainly uh, reach out to me for any questions they may have or if they want to get involved in any, uh, any way. Great. Well, I think you've answered all our questions, to be honest, unless Jonathan has any more. No, I think, um, well, the only thing I was wondering about, uh, obviously you were sort of held hostage by uh, by the Westin, uh, but were you in the meantime already planning this virtual event, or do you basically have to start now? Yeah, to be honest with you, we, we have been planning it for the past, I'd say, month, month and a half, because in our hearts we felt there's just no way they're going to open up the Westin. So it was planning it, but not planning it with an explanation mark. So uh, once once we got the word September 1st, then it was like, you know, uh, green light go. You know, really put the effort and push into making it happen. Well, will you miss all the, uh, the razzmatazz and the, and the stress and the excitement of, of actually sort of having everybody come to, to one place and uh, seeing everyone and shaking their hands and, uh, you know, thanking them and then thanking you for holding the, the show? You know, the only thing we have to do, Jonathan and Martin, is for you guys to send me emails or call me up. Hey, I love you, me. Keep it up, baby. Keep it up. It's great. But, um, you know, like I tell my son, deal with what's dealt to you. You know, sometimes it's stuff out of our control and we've got to make the best out of it. So that's what this event's going to be like. I, I feel quite confident that when this is done, people are going to say, man, you pulled it off and, man, it was great. So, you know, that's, that's the energy we're, we're hoping to do and, and the response that we want for everybody to have when this is over, like, this was really uh, well done. And, and I don't expect any, any, any less than that. It's, it's going to be a, a special event for anyone who watches it. Okay. Well, we look we'll forward to it. Miss it. But we'll miss, miss seeing you in, in, in person and, uh, and, and Bridget, of course, and uh, everyone else behind the scenes, uh, the, the, the Pinball Expo staff. But... Yep. Uh, but thanks for putting this on, and thanks for talking to us uh, today about uh, about the plans. I thank you guys so much, and, and thanks for keeping the hobby going, man. It all starts with you guys. You're the connection to the world. Thank you. Right. So, best of luck uh, with your preparations, and yeah. um, uh, obviously there's uh, going to be full support from uh, both Pimple Magazine and Pimple News, I suppose. 
Um, so uh, we look forward to Pinball Expo, the virtual 2020 edition. Right. Like I said, at the end of that, at that, the end of that show, we'll announce what's going on the following year, and, and that will also be really interesting for those people to tune in. Okay. So I won't ask any questions about that now. You got it. But thank you guys for, for reaching out to me, and, and I wish you well in your parts of the world. Stay healthy, stay asleep, and, and have a good night's sleep. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to uh, to update us, Rob. It's, hey guys, uh, it's great. Okay, bye. There you have it, uh, Rob Burke of uh, Pinball Expo and um, uh, the, the current development. So, um, basically, actually, I I think there's two uh, uh, two bits of news over here. Um, the first one being that uh, Rob is working on putting on a really big virtual Pinball Expo, but the other news also that we're not going back to the West End. He's being uh, uh, re relieved of his uh, contract, and um, uh, at the uh, at the at the last day of uh, the upcoming virtual pinball expo, he, Rob will make announcements on what he's planning to do with pinball expo in the uh, upcoming years. Yeah, I mean, my understanding of it was that this was going to be the last year at the West End anyway. Uh, so the fact that um, it's not taking place is um, doesn't affect plans for the future. Uh, it was always going to move, and um, I don't know if we're allowed to say where we believe the show might be moving to. I don't think we're allowed to say it, but let's say it anyway. Okay. Well, we think it's going to go to Schomburg, right? To the city of Schomburg, which yes. is also in the Chicago suburbs or the the Greater Chicago Land. Yeah, close and, to the um, airport. Yeah, close to the airport. I mean, if, if you cast your mind back to the time when Pinball Expo was, uh, was, was basically it was Rob and Mike together were running the show and then and Mike um, Pesak insisted that he had the, the contract with the West Inn and was hold his show there and Rob was then looking around for somewhere else to hold show and I think he, at that point he's actually started negotiations with Schomburg um, City and the conference or convention centre there about holding a, a pinball expo there and that as it happened never came to pass because he was able to go back to the West Inn but uh, I think he was sufficiently impressed with the facilities that they had and the hotels that that were linked and in the neighbourhood and the facilities all round you know bars and the restaurants and the arcades and the barcade all in Schomburg that um, he saw that as the future place for for Pinball Expo to be be hosted and um, so we think it hasn't been confirmed you have to wait until the last day of the virtual expo to find out for sure and uh, if that is it when it will be held exactly so hold on how you'll be are you telling me that part? basically we're not going by facts but by what we think Yep, that's uh, yeah. I think we are. Yeah, as I say, no, lots of caveats. No, no, no not anybody's going to go ahead and book any hotels based on this. I don't think. So well, uh, no it's just to. our understanding. Um, if it's Schomburg, there's plenty of hotels there. So that, yeah, that, that, that shouldn't be a problem. So um, um, oh well, well, um, I I look forward to Pinball Expo. On a uh, slightly related note, um, I think the. Um, uh, well, I talked to uh, Gerard van der Senden from the um, uh, Dutch Pinball Museum, and I think uh, several Dutch 
pinball industry uh, people, including myself, uh, as I'm apparently a pinball industry person now, um, are um, uh, looking to do something uh, like a seminar or something like that from the um, uh, the new Dutch Pinball Museum. So um, that um, I'm looking forward to uh, to that. And, uh, yeah, sounds sounds great fun. Uh, I also reached out to to Barry at Dutch Pinball and asked him if he'd be willing to take part in the Pinball Expo virtual. A presentation and he said he was so we we can look forward to seeing uh, a factory tour and, uh, and a, a, a view of the games being made from the uh, the dutch pinball factory as well for as part of the the virtual event right okay so uh, and uh, what i understood is that um uh, gerard uh, is uh, probably recording a virtual tour of the uh, dutch pinball museum the new one because they recently moved to a uh, new and yeah. much larger uh, uh, location. I haven't been there yet, so I'm really looking forward to going there. And uh, yeah, and if it's up to the Dutch, um, we're going to be helping Rob to make sure that his uh, virtual expo is becoming quite a success. So. Well, that's great. And uh, because uh, I don't know, if we, do we cover this in the last podcast? My memory is a little fading on me. Is whether we cover the, the Dutch Pinball Open Expo had... Well, the cancellation of that. Well, um, at that time, um, there was no... Uh, uh, we didn't know yet whether the event was right. uh, 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 taking place or not. Um, and actually, uh, mid-last month, so mid-August, um, as part of the organizing team uh, that I am, um, uh, basically, I can say we uh, decided that... Um, there's no way that we could organize the event without social distancing. And uh, basically earlier on, we said, if we have to do social distancing, uh, uh, we won't be able to do it. Um, so mm. uh, that was uh, the main reason to um, to cancel uh, the Dutch Pinball Open Expo for this year. Um, we keep the option open to do maybe something like a virtual uh, events, but obviously uh, Rob Burke is going to be uh, apparently being the um, uh, the event to uh, to copy or follow or what have you. Um, I reached out to a couple of designers asking them whether they would be interested in recording a, um, a video seminar and so far everybody was negative about that. Right. So we still have to see whether such a virtual event will be um, taking place or not. Oh, well. So no Pimble uh, uh, Open uh, Expo no, this year. No, no big surprise, although I have to admit, if it had gone ahead, I'd feel particularly aggrieved because I always go there. And um, unfortunately, the Netherlands is, is on our, a UK list of countries that people have to self-quarantine for 14 days if they visit at the moment. And I don't know if the UK is on, on the Dutch list, but uh, either way, it, it wouldn't be practical for, for me to come over to any event if, if it was held, at least right. not under the current rules. Although these things change, you know. Yeah, well, you know, the, rulings change. and It would have been in November, so who knows what the, what, the, what the situation will be in November. But at some point, as an organizing team, we had to uh, basically um, 
decide are we going ahead, yes or no. Yeah. And obviously you can't do that two weeks ahead uh, because chances are uh, there might be a green light in November, but um, obviously organizing such an event takes months and months. So at some point you have to say, like, are we going ahead or not? And we decided um, to, to, to pull the plug. Well, we heard from Rob what the what the difficulties of that are. You, know, you have to work with the venue that you you have booked as to whether you can cancel that without any penalties or not. Um, right. And uh, he he was uh, you know, held to that until the start of September, which is uh, fairly close to the event. It's about oh, six seven weeks uh, before it's due to take place. Uh, but you were at least able to uh, to make that decision earlier right. than than he was. So. Right. Okay, so moving on to um, other news. Yeah, there's um, August has been a a month of, of news from the uh, from Las Vegas actually, and uh, and the site of the new Pinball Hall of Fame, because we've been seeing pictures from that uh, and uh, and even a walkthrough video of how progress has gone on the construction of the new building, which they're uh, putting up on the, uh, the south side or south end of the. Uh, the strip and um yeah it's looking uh, looking good and um the, the walls are up there they actually have a, a box building now they're starting to fit it out and according to tim arnold they actually have plans to open the, the new place in uh, in january of next year yeah so, i'm always surprised to see how how fast things can go in las vegas they where normal construction sites uh, over here can take months and months and months well it's still taking months hmm. Uh, over there as well, but it looks to be as if if it's going really quick or fast, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I was doing some research on on that for the, for the Pinball News article about it, and uh, was was looking back at uh, the, some of the meetings that they'd had that Tim and uh, the architect had had with the um, the local zoning committee and planning board about about what how they were going to build this place, the things that had to change. Um, Tim actually covered quite a lot of that um, in, in the early days of the planning in his Pinball Expo seminar from uh, not last year, the year before, when they just built or just bought the uh, the plot. But um, yeah, he reckons it's, well, it's about about $10 million total budget for the whole thing. About 4.7, what do you say? 4.567 million for the, to buy the plot and then and the rest of the building and fitting it out and all the uh, well, every, the the parking lot and everything that goes goes along with building a new building, uh, the, the you know the fire um, uh, systems and air conditioning and all that kind of stuff, takes up to about ten million dollars. And wow. um, in that was uh, as part of that presentation that he and the architect did to the the planning committee. And the zoning committee, uh, there was a picture of what the final uh, museum or the Hall of Fame is intended to look like, which is something I hadn't seen before. But it actually looks uh, looks you know, pretty awesome, and they've got a really big sign at the front, which uh, obviously says Pinball Hall of Fame on it, and it also looks like they're going to cover the entire front of the building, which is great lettering yeah. saying the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, awesome it looks like a sort of a, a new logo for the Pinball Hall of Fame. I don't think they had one yet, so um, that's very welcome. And what I understood is that that um, uh, that new sign is going to be uh, right across the um, uh, 
the Hollywood, um, or no, sorry, the uh, uh, Las Vegas sign. Which right, is yes, about, it's almost on the other side. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, the, the Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas, the iconic sign for Las Vegas is yeah, uh, just one, yes. is in the middle, in the, uh, in the in Central Divide between the two lanes. Yeah. So this will this this may well appear in in the background of a, of a lot of uh, a lot of pictures from from tourists. Right. So. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Very good and um, amazing if they get all that done uh, by January. But um, let's hope if they do, then uh, there's a there's a big opening party and uh, and people are, are able to travel there and, and right. attend. Yeah. So I have to say the uh, what what what's interesting. Well, I read also in your uh, Pinball News article. So go look that up on uh, pinballnews.com. Um, first of all, I was amazed with the size of this new uh, uh, facility, and uh, uh, supposedly it can host um, seven hundred pinball machines or something like that, and yeah, a bunch of yeah. uh, arcade games. Um, and it also uh, probably will indicate that. Uh, Pinball actually have to hire technicians in order to make sure that all these 700 games continue uh, uh, running because already with, with volunteers keeping the Pinball Hall of Fame currently running with the 200 plus games that they have over there uh, was quite a challenge and uh, so imagine um, uh, keeping 700 games running. Yeah, it's amazing that they've been running on a purely volunteer effort from all this time, you know, ever since they first opened up. But uh, yeah, Tim was uh, saying he, he thinks he will have to start paying people to to uh, work at the at the Hall of Fame in order to maintain the place and uh, and also do the sort of the customer service side of it as well. Right. But you know, it, his his number one aim is to um, is to pay down the remaining debt. On, on the new building, he's still you know, he the uh, Las Vegas Pinball Collectors Club still has the still owns the current pre uh, premises, so they'll be able to rent that and uh, or sell it maybe eventually, and uh, and repay some of the loan that they've taken out in order to build the new place. But even so, he said that uh, he reckoned they're only about twenty percent um, loaded up on debt, so I guess that's about two million dollars on a ten million build. So um, he reckons he can he can pay that off fairly fairly rapidly and uh, get back to to making charitable donations to the Salvation Army, uh, which is uh, you know where where all the profits from uh, the Hall of Fame has been have been going in previous years and uh, it, it was paused while they embarked on this project. So uh, yeah, and I'm sure it will be a a very very neat, um, well received donation in these uh, difficult times where a lot of people uh, particularly in Las Vegas have been uh, been out of work or been furloughed or laid off or uh, otherwise um, found themselves in hardship right yeah so. oh well uh, best so, of luck to yeah. uh, Tim Arnold and um, obviously um, uh, once were able to uh, travel back to uh, uh, the United States, uh, which currently is not uh, possible due to the uh, coronavirus situation. Uh, I look forward to uh, going back to Las Vegas and seeing the new facility opened up, and um, um, I'd love to to take a tour and play some games there. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yep, we, we we will be there as soon as we can be. Right. So that's um, Hall of Fame news. So we mentioned earlier about. Um, about Chris Frenchy 
about his uh, pinball podcast and work he might be doing potentially right. for, for Dutch pinball, but he's also been busy doing other work, hasn't he? Yeah, Jordan? yeah. Um, it, it's it's rather interesting. Uh, actually, I, I had a brief uh, text uh, conversation with uh, Chris Frenchy about this. Um, he um, uh, designed a new creature from the Black Lagoon, Translite, which is not going to be printed as a translite. And, right. Um, so the, and the reason um, <clears throat> the uh, the artwork was shown um, uh, uh, on a uh, a page called Metaluna Five Media on uh, Facebook, and it showed the uh, um, well in typical Chris Frenchy uh, artwork style, I would say, which is more like um, uh, based on photo ish material, or well, he's probably repainted, but but. Mm-hmm. Um, it it has that that sort of photo uh, look to it that we've seen on, on yeah, uh, it's very on, highly on, detailed. Yes, exactly. Um, and the first thing that I noticed is that um, on the uh, the new translite, which looks very interesting, I have to say, um, but the logo of uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon has been moved. But in order for it to be a translite, if you're familiar with the game, um, on that game. Uh, the logo on the uh, back glass is actually uh, uh, each letter is lit up separately, and uh, so there's uh, there separations made on the uh, on the back panel of the game. Um, so where the logo goes is sort of the only thing on that translite that has to be that has to stay in the same mm-hmm. place uh, in order for that effect to uh, to continue. Uh, but the logo moved, so that that um, well, I wasn't the first to point it out to Christopher. But he, um, at, at the time when he made the translate, this new translate, he was not aware that this um, uh, logo illumination uh, is uh, uh, was actually on that game. So, um, well, I, I suppose one solution would be to have a, a new light board behind it. Which could be done with LEDs these days, of course, reduce the the heat and power use. So that might um, might give a you know, an option there. You buy the translite and you also buy the the replacement light board because there have been re- you know, new light boards for quite a few different games in uh, over the past few years, which are printed on well, printed on, but built on um, a sort of um, foam board type uh, material. Mm-hmm. Which are, which are just plug-in replacements for the existing one and um, allow better lighting effects, and right. also exactly. allow you to tune the, the brightness of the of the back box as well. So right. that'd be a good, good pairing if they did that. Right. So um, yeah, um, but so I mentioned that to uh, Chris in a, uh, a messenger chat, and uh, he responded to me that he uh, he was not aware of uh, at when he did the. Uh, the artwork, he wasn't aware of uh, that, that individual lighting. But right. uh, but he also said uh, in that same uh, response that uh, these, uh, this artwork isn't going to be printed as a translite. So um, I suppose it's going to be a poster to put up next to your game if you want to. Uh, I'm supposing, uh, assuming that you can actually order it at some point. Uh, but then again, hmm. maybe you can't because obviously this is licensed material, and um, I'm not sure whether uh, 
this art will be uh, permitted to be sold. Well, I think I think the picture I saw had the uh, Universal Monsters hologram on it, okay. which uh, suggested it was actually a licensed product, or uh, if not, then it, it probably should be, because it, it was certainly very very um, faithful to the original drawing and design of, of, of the yeah. characters in it. Exactly. So, so I, I couldn't imagine that be a problem, but it, it would seem a real shame if it wasn't turned into a translate because it's, uh, well, it's, it's, a, it's a good replacement for the existing one, I'd have thought. Right. So um, anyway, oh well. you, you can look at that for yourself and uh, and ask Chris uh, on the Meta Luna M E T A L U N A five media page on uh, Facebook. Right. Um, then, um, well, Color DMD had uh, a, a bit of news. Um, they are currently up to their hundred and second game, if I'm not mistaken, um, and they added support for the um, for the smaller dot matrix display uh, games, I should say, uh, that Data East uh, um, uh, came out with when uh, the dot matrix display was introduced in the industry uh, in the first place. So that's uh, 1991. So we're talking about checkpoint. games like yeah, Checkpoint, uh, Batman, Hook, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Trying to think if I'm missing. I think those four are are probably uh, the only games that have the smaller um, um, display. Well, uh, Star Trek. Not sure. Yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek had that. So uh, okay, so it's five games. So, uh, but um, well, there's support for those games now, and um, the first two games that have uh, already been uh, colorized um, are uh, Data East Batman and Hook, um, which is um, well. Uh, interesting, uh, especially uh, personally, I'd be interested in the hook one. Not that I have the game, but I always, uh, the, despite the game being a clunker of a playfield, I still like playing it. So, um, <laughs> can't wait to play it yeah. uh, with the display in color. Yeah, what's interesting is they're actually um, these are using the existing one two eight by thirty two displays from Color DMD, the the LED version, not the LCD ones ah. and they're basically only using half of the display uh, which which seems like a you know, a reasonable if, if if it doesn't take up any extra space or doesn't impinge on anything else on the backboard then no problem with that at all i'm sure it doesn't but it, it uh, allows the an existing 128 by 32 board uh, or at least panel to be repurposed and uh, for this for these this range of games which is uh, which is nice because you know, it it would be a lot not easier to do that than to have to design a, a dedicated um, unit just for those those few games that uh, that use the smaller display, and right. it's um, it's a nice way of extending the reach of Color DMD. You know, after they've done all the all the uh, games that they wanted to do in the first first tranche, they're now moving on to some of the some of the um, the, uh, the the more I won't say esoteric, but the, the lesser supported games. Like uh, those, those like Data, well, Data East Batman was everywhere when it came out, and, and Hook was a very popular game as well, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. Yeah. But um, they don't command the same kind of prices that some of the uh, the, the games with the, the larger displays do. So it's understandable that they, they were further down the line. But uh, 
we have to wonder where, where Colour DMD is going to go after this. They're going to go into, you know, do the uh, the Gottlieb Premier Games. Possibly. Some of the, some of the, yeah, are, it'd be nice. It would be nice, although uh, they aren't that popular, I'd say. Um, no, I was never a great fan of the the red displays that they used in in some of those games, or the, the red filters they put over the games. So if they can uh, they can colorize those, I think that will really bring them to life in a way that, that you know, didn't happen the first time round. Yeah, and maybe they can also um, do some new colorization for um, uh, Stern's Batman. That's a good thought. Yeah. So, and um, I suppose Aerosmith could also use some colorization. <laughs> yes, that's right, yeah. That's uh, very monochromatic, that game. I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. Okay, yeah, of so course. what else do we have? Well, um, I, uh, I, uh, well, the next thing I suppose is, is something which um, has affected or has has. It's been an issue with quite a few locations that um, those have been closed down. Pinball locations have closed due to coronavirus. Um, many of them have struggled to keep going or keep the funding going while they've been closed. No income and still lots of outgoings. So one of the one of the uh, ways of doing that is to is to start a sort of a GoFundMe campaign. We mentioned one earlier for for Chaz Siddiqui's family. Well. Arcades have been doing this as well, and and barcades, and w one of the ones which um, is particularly, in my opinion, very worthy, and was uh, I can give a shout out to Jim Shelberg of the Pin Game Journal for pointing this one out to me, is one being run by Marvin's Mechanical, a marvelous mechanical museum, the th the four M's, Mar Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum in um, Leon, um, Lyme. well. Uh, yeah, I was going to say in, in Michigan. Um, I couldn't remember the exact name of the place, even though I have been there. And it's uh, it's because I've been there that particularly resonates with me because it's a, it's an absolutely amazing place. Uh, have you been there, Jonathan? Uh, no, no, I've been to no? the, oh, uh, well. the the other uh, mechanical museum in the uh, the one in museum San Francisco, mechanic. which also has a GoFundMe uh, campaign going. I mentioned that uh, in our yeah, previous podcast. So, uh, yeah, and, well, uh, it's it's very important that these kind of places uh, do do continue to exist because they they may not be you know financially viable if if they don't get the support. So um, Marvin's in particular is just um, it's just packed and packed and packed with full of little curios. It's got some got all the latest pinball games in there, of course, but all kinds of um, interesting devices and machines and. And even just just curious objects that you would that just appear out of nowhere that you weren't expecting at all. But it's because it's so packed, it's a very difficult place to socially distance in. So you can see the, the problem they would have in in reopening, and they're, and they're not open at the moment. And I, I don't know how they would reopen. So uh, they have ten thousand dollars of monthly outgoings and zero income at the moment. So anyway. Uh, Put that out there for your consideration. There are plenty of other GoFundMe campaigns and um, worthy causes. So, uh, but Marvin's is a is a particular one after my heart, and plenty of other people who live in the area. They all, they all love going there. So, uh, go and have a look at the the GoFundMe campaign and have a look at their website as well, so you can see what it is that they've been doing all these years. So, uh, yeah, and uh, let's keep our our uh, our barcades, arcades, and pinball 
locations um, going as much as we possibly can. Yeah. So, uh, okay. And then, uh, uh, last but not least, a uh, sort of a, um, how do you call it? Um, um, oh, I don't know. A, it's a, uh, an advisory, I suppose, or a public service announcement type thing, uh, or a plug for us. Yes. Um, we're moving. Or actually, we already moved. In fact, we've moved. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 Sorry, we've, um, you were we've moved. Can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've done a Jersey Jack. We've um, we've moved location, and we're already operating from the new the new place. Right. Uh, th- yes, this podcast uh, is is the the pin- pinball industry news is uh, now on Anchor FM. That's our new podcast. So we were on Podcast Garden, and uh, I don't know if you remember last month we had issues because podcast garden was down for quite a long time and that wasn't and that the first time either it wasn't the first time and, it would, and we weren't the only ones affected by that quite a few other podcasts including some pinball podcasts were were uh, unavailable due to that and jonathan uh, very kindly stepped in and now and uh, hosted the july update but uh, we, we sort of decided enough's enough we need to do we need to do this properly so we're now on anchor fm which um, also links to spotify and apple so if you get your podcast from uh, any of those places, we, uh, we're on there. We are uh, Pinball Industry News. So if you want to go to our website where um, you can download this and or listen to this and any of the previous 36 podcasts that we've done, interviews, monthly updates, bonus podcasts, then we're on anchor.fm slash pinball-industry-news. That's our new home, and um, hopefully you can sign up to that, subscribe to uh, to our updates, and you will get notified every time we, we do a, a new monthly bonus or interview podcast. Right. So that's the uh, public service announcement, and we hope that uh, hope you find it useful, and that Anchor FM is a bit more reliable than Podcast Garden was. Right. Hopefully uh, that will be the case. Um, the good news is. They're free, so we don't have to no, no longer pay for hosting. Yes, that's absolutely right. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest; I didn't even know we were paying. Jonathan was very uh, kind. Yeah, I was, I was picking up paying, the, the tab so, for this. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, oh well, uh, it was only like thirty bucks a year, so it's not well, an, in that's a, a saving. Uh, yeah, it's a saving. So, uh, and I suppose I'll be knocking on the podcast uh, garden's door seeing if I can get a refund, because I think we just uh, uh, extended for another year, and um, now we're leaving, so I suppose maybe I can get 20 bucks back or something like that, I don't know. I'll have to... Well, uh, they didn't seem to, be, didn't seem to be very responsive when we had problems with them. I've, I've messaged them several times and uh, got no response, Yeah. Uh, whereas... We probably weren't the they, only ones uh, emailing them. No, but you think there'd be some kind of update, but... Uh, yeah, when I was setting up the Anchor FM one, they were immediately responsive. You know, you send an email or a message to them, and within in a couple of hours, you get a response. So, uh, sorting out the problems that we that we had initially, which were very, which were basically around Podcast Garden not responding to to moving, uh, redirecting our uh, subscriptions. But uh, anyway, there. Right. So, and we hope it all works for you. Let, let us know if we have any problems or any questions, and we'll see what we can do. Right, okay. So I guess that rounds it up for um, August uh, 2020 up to uh, September 3rd, I suppose. 
um, mm. yeah. including uh, the latest news. Uh, we'll be back, um, as far as I can see, we'll be back at the end of uh, September with the uh, uh, Pinball Industry News recap of September. Um, unless there is really big news and we get a big interview, then uh, then we might do uh, a bonus episode. But if not, mm-hmm. then uh, then I suppose it's just the uh, the regular monthly Pinball Industry News recap. Yeah, and it looks like uh, S- September 2020 is going to be a, you know, a, an interesting month. And we've already mentioned some of the things we think are going to be happening, but uh, there are always other things which pop up which we weren't expecting. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's look forward to all that. And uh, we might not have pinball shows or tournaments to go to, but uh, there's still a lot going on in the pinball world, and we'll bring you up to date with it uh, in a little, a little under a month's time. Right, so, and, uh, um, oh, one last uh, public service uh, announcement. If you were uh, following uh, this podcast uh, by use of RSS, uh, you might have to register a new RSS uh, feed uh, or, or uh, save, uh, uh, I don't know how that works, but yeah. basically... Uh, Just subscribe that, that to, to the new one. Subscribe to the new RSS feed uh, on uh, Anchor FM. Um, and uh, then you should be automatically notified when a new episode is up. That's right. Okay. Bye, So, um, uh, well, basically, uh, that's it. So I say uh, bye-bye, and until next month. Yeah, take care, everyone, and we'll see you uh, at the the start of October. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.